Hello, everyone. My guest today is Jeremy Bonehammer. He is the founder, a co-founder and CEO of a company called Shiphawk, a smart transportation management system. He's a leading expert at the intersection of shipping and commerce and has been featured in TechCrunch, AOL, Wall Street Journal, Fortune, Internet Retail and Retailer, and many others. He's also a frequent speaker on innovation and technology. Jeremy, are you ready to take us to the top? I am. All right. I see a Disrupt picture behind your head over your shoulder. Did you launch Shiphawk at Disrupt? We did. Ah, very good. How'd that go? Uh, it went really well. We started in the uh, in the alley and uh, made our way to the battlefield. Got up on stage and pitched, and uh, it went phenomenal. And was that when was that? What year? That was in 2013. Was that the launch year? Uh, that was the launch year of our initial product, which was transactional. It was just to answer the question of cost. It was like a kayak style interface, very okay. simple product. So t- yeah, so tell us what Shiphawk does today. What do you deliver? Uh, we're a transportation management system um, and fulfillment software. It's fancy fancy names for shipping software. Like drop shipping uh, kind of stuff? No, we actually work with e-commerce, uh, omni-channel retailers, manufacturers, distributors, um, primarily in the mid-market, usually between 10 and 500 million in annual revenue, um, who are uh, in charge of their own shipping, meaning they're paying the bill. So maybe they drop ship, maybe they don't. Maybe they run their own warehouse or many warehouses. Um, and there's a lot of logistics that goes on at coordinating, not just what your customer sees at the point of sale, right? Whether that's your sales team, whether it's an e-commerce buyer and understanding what that price is going to be, but also actually making that shipment uh, happen, right? Dispatching that order to a warehouse, uh, coordinating that order within the warehouse, doing it in an efficient way, knowing which materials to use, which carrier to use communicating with the customer. Can you name a brand just so we can get really specific? Can you name a customer you work with? Um, Yeah. One of our fastest growing customers is a company in San Francisco called Grove Collaborative. Okay. Um, They uh, actually compete head to head with Amazon. They do uh, home uh, green, like cleaning products and uh, home care products. Um, And uh, they do subscription boxes every single month. Uh, They have huge, huge volumes shipped from multiple warehouses all over the U.S. to disparate locations all over the U.S. It's a very complex problem to solve. They, yeah, they, they own the Mr. Myers brand, right? The very popular hand soap. They do a lot of that type of, of product, yep. Yeah, and they yeah, have yeah. their own branded labels as well. Do, sorry, do they own those products or they're shipping for those products? Both. So the Myers products, they actually ship and they have their own branded products as well that they oh, can deliver I see. You know, via that channel that you can't, you can't necessarily, uh, it doesn't work in, that form factor doesn't work in a retail store, right? Where it has to have a shelf, you know, a display and all that. Okay. How do they pay you? So, so how do you make money? It's SaaS, software as a service. So we get monthly subscription revenue. Okay. And, and is it pure play SaaS or is there a transaction fee? Are there any other fees that are not tied to a flat monthly fee? Um, It's almost pure play SaaS. Uh, We do have uh, volume limitations, which allow us to grow along with the customer. So if a customer launches with one, uh, you know, one warehouse and, you know, 10,000 shipments a month. Then a year later, they're using three warehouses and they have, you know, a quarter million shipments a month. You know, it's going to cost a little bit more to do that because it's going to take a little more work on our part. Okay, interesting. And I imagine you work with all kinds of different brands. So without going down to kind of every customer cohort, what would you say the average customer pays you per month? Um, the average customer, I mean, we work with both small and large. I mean, a 10 million a year at revenue customer is very different than a five hundred million a year or a billion dollar customer, right? The average is probably coming down to about fifty thousand bucks a year. Okay. Okay. That's good. And are they paying that typically up front or it's kind of pay as you go as they use, you know, the number of shipments limits or things like that? 
No, it's an annual fee. It is annual. Okay, annual fee. Annual. Yeah, and the important thing to note on the on, on the fee is that uh, the vast majority of our customers spend significantly more on shipping using competing software than they do using our product. Why? So if they go buy another piece of shipping software, they're going to have high shipping costs and a shipping software expense, where most of our customers actually recoup all, if not more than all, of uh, the cost of our product by the efficiencies we're able to drive. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's, I want to get really specific. So your pro plan is 3000 bucks per month. Let's say I'm Grove Collaborative. Unlimited users, what does that mean? That means Grove employees, as many of them as, as they need, can use it? Yep, who have many users and however many warehouses. Okay. Um, we, don't, we don't nickel and dime. 30,000 parcels per month. So that's like if they have to ship, you know, 10,000 Mr. Meyer, you know, boxes of 10,000 different homes across the U.S., that counts as 10,000 of the 30,000. Correct. Okay, 500 freight shipments per month. What is a, how's a freight shipment different than a parcel shipment? Uh, it's just bigger. Yeah, it's something <laughs> FedEx and UPS won't take. Interesting. Okay, is that a weight thing or a size thing? Both. Interesting. Okay, basic integrations. What are unlimited basic integrations? So a basic integration is like a Shopify or, or a simple integration, right? Mid-market integrations are going to be uh, mid-market platforms like Magento. Um, enterprise integrations are going to be SAP, Oracle, you know, the big uh, the big ERPs that have uh, a lot more complexity than the integrations. This is interesting. Okay, I'll tell you what. I, now I'm going on a limb here because you might say, Nathan, you're dead wrong. Um, whenever I see a pricing page that has a lot of utility metrics tied to it, like number of things, it typically gives your salespeople and even actually no touch, right? All different axes to drive expansion revenue on. And usually it's a really strong sign that these companies have reached net uh, net retention annually, revenue retention of over 100%. Uh, have you guys reached net revenue retention over 100% yet? Yes, we have. Well, we we classified as negative revenue churn, but yeah, our Same customers thing, grow right? substantially. You yeah. know, their shipment volumes or their shipment pricing goes like this, and their volumes go like this. So, how negative are you? Net negative revenue churn. What are you at? Uh, average. Last I looked at the board was fifteen percent. That's great. So, net negative revenue churn per year of negative fifteen percent. That's great. How do you calculate that? Everyone has a little different. Everyone calculates it a little bit differently. Month over month. No, no, specifically like, so are you, you're taking your lost revenue plus your expansion revenue, essentially? It's just total aggregate revenue month over month if it, if that minus new revenue. So new, obviously new contracts don't count. So it's the same customer base, that revenue over the next revenue the following month. Yep, good. So you're taking January 2017 signups compa- and then looking at that cohort in January of 2018 and you're saying, wow, we actually grew by north of 115% in terms of revenue retention. Correct. Yeah, that's great. And what is the, are one of these pricing options more effective at driving expansion like the parcels per month versus the two standard integrations? Which one of them is most effective to drive up pricing? We don't look at it that way and that's a really good question. <laughs> the, what we see is we see a fragmented market. We see these SMB and micro shippers, these small guys that have plenty of point solutions. You can probably name a hundred of them. And then you have these enterprise shippers that have these these uh, multi-module, you know, very expensive enterprise software. It takes a long time to integrate, costs a fortune. And then in the mid-market, you have very little. And not only do you have very little in the mid-market, you have virtually nothing that connects the bottom with the top. So as you're growing, if you're a micro or small business and you get some, you know, some some legs, you start doing really well, you have to replatform. And you might have to replatform multiple times or you have to buy software that's way uh, uh, too much software for you. Uh, in order to, to actually scale. And what our software allows customers to do is scale throughout that and scale appropriately. So where we get a lot of benefit 
is these on the smaller end are either SMBs or the smaller end of the midsize guys, right? Who actually start doing really well and are able to grow with us. And they don't have to replatform. They don't have to go and spend a ton of money for software they don't need today. What is growing that? That's what I'm asking though. What is growing the fastest though for them? Is it they grow their integrations really quickly, which is what makes them use your more advanced no. products, or they grow parcels per month really quickly? Which of these items is it that grows quickly? It's their volume that grows. Okay. Um, we do we do see a lot of replatforming, but it's 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 aggregate across all our customers a lot. It's not per customer. Got it. You know, usually they'll start on something like a Shopify or you know a Magento or something like that, and at a certain point they're like, oh no, we need an ERP, right? Yep. And so they'll buy a Netsuite product or something like a Netsuite product, and they'll come to us say, hey, we need to integrate with Netsuite. But that happens, you know, once twice over the life of the contract. Um, where their shipment volumes are growing substantially during that time. So they may have bought a small pro or, uh, you know, the uh, standard product that, you know, has a 10,000 limitation, a shipment limitation. They may doing a year later, a hundred thousand shipments a month. Yep. Interesting. Okay. So launched company 2013, you pivoted a little bit, got to where you are today. Talk to me about customer growth. What do you have today in terms of total customers using you? We have just over 300 total customers using our product today. Oh, wow. Okay. And just to be clear, sometimes people cheat that question and it's like free plus paid. Those are all paying customers. Those are all paying. Okay. Um, the bulk of our revenue comes from right around 50 customers. Yeah. Uh, that's expected though. Enough. Power laws, right? Yeah. But the, I mean, total paying customers is just over 300. Now, again, if I take the average you told me earlier of the 50 per year, that would put you at about 1.2 million a month right now in revenue. Is that generally accurate or no? Uh, we don't disclose our revenue figures right now publicly. Okay, well, you don't have to disclose the revenue. I'm just taking the numbers you gave me already, which was a $50,000 average kind of annual ARPU times 300. That That's yep. what generates that number. So are those are those two numbers accurate, the 50 and the 300? Our 50 is our average, uh, is right in the neighborhood of our average SaaS contract today, correct? And we have 300 total users. Got it. Okay, so when you say 50,000 average SaaS contract today, you said that very specifically, which means historically you might have people paying way less than that because they're on old grand. We did. Yeah. We did, yeah, we do. Okay. Got it. So you could be you could be potentially way south of just multiplying those two numbers together. Uh, we could be, yeah. Yeah, got it. Okay, good. Walk me through growth. Since you don't want to give the actual revenue number, what are you guys growing at year over year? Uh, well, we were number 12 on the Inc. 5000 last year, and we're number, what, 100 and Wait, something this year. Wait, hold on. So why would you not... Hold on a second. So I'm going to do a very quick search, and I'm going to find... The only reason you could be listed on that list is if your revenue is public. You have to give them your revenue to get listed. Correct. So those are, those are uh, dated numbers, though, because those are always, what, about 24 months old. I'm going to look it up though, since you're not going to see, you, you want to say it to save me the lookup time? Well, we were at 13 million in, um, in, uh, last year on the Inc. 5,000. Okay. And so that's what we reported. He, and I say here, your rank 2018 rank was number 192. It said 2017 revenue is 8.4 million. Yeah. We did some accounting changes because there was some pass through revenue there. What does that mean? What's that mean? Um, we were doing some, some payment on our customer's behalf for some of their freight and their shipping bills. So it wasn't actually our revenue, but we were booking it at the time. So we changed some accounting. So we didn't we didn't book that anymore. Got it's it. Real. So uh, it's less than it's less than eight point four million in AR because you took out some of that f fake revenue. Correct. So that so the growth is maintained, right? But we are changed how we were accounting. Okay, that got it. Sense. No, that does make sense. So they have your three. So, so 8.4 million, 2017 revenue, obviously you changed that because of some accounting stuff, three year growth is 2,298%. But what did you, so just from 2016 to 2017, what was your growth rate? 2016 to 20. I don't, I don't have that number in front of me. Okay. I mean, are you generally uh, doubling, are you generally doubling year over year or tripling or less than doubling? 
Uh, we are more than doubling every year. Okay. And you more than doubled from 2016 to 2017. On our ARR. Yeah. That's great. Yep. What's most of that expansion? What's most of that revenue, the extra revenue coming from new customers being added or customers that you already had that are scaling? New customers. Interesting. You said that very quickly. I would have thought a lot of revenue was coming from expansion. It is, but we are signing up more customers every single quarter than we did the previous quarter. And it's been that way for about a year and a half now. We've experienced that growth quarter over quarter over quarter. Okay. And what about, uh, talk to me about the team. What's your team size today? Oh gosh, we have um, right around 35. Everyone in Santa Barbara? No, we have two offices. We have an engineering office and we have uh, the headquarters in Santa Barbara. And where's the engineering? Um, it's overseas. Like which I'm always curious. People choose Kiev. Sometimes they do Ukraine, Bangalore, Argentina. Where are you? Yeah, we don't we don't share that information. Wait, um, why don't you sh- why don't you share that? I feel like I can quickly look that up. It's it's recruiting spears these days. You don't want everyone to know where all your star <laughs> players are. Was it in one of those places that I just recommended? It's in the region. Yeah, you're okay. you're in the right region. But I can tell you, you know, Google and Amazon and Facebook all have offices just down the street from our office. And we're competing with them for engineers. Yeah. It's it's a tough market. So we just got to be careful how we handle it. Yeah, yeah. But but to be fair, all those things I just mentioned, those are like like pretty well-established engineering hubs. Yeah. They are. They it's not like a secret. No, those hubs aren't secrets. But knowing where there's you know world-class uh, talent with logistics sure, experience sure, is sure, a sure. valuable piece of information. I if you know any other spots, I'm willing to know where those guys have offices. Hey, I, I'm look. I asked the question on every episode. You could easily, you could easily go reverse engineer those guys. But yeah. anyways, okay. So good growth here. So 2013, 300 customers today, um, doing south of 8.4. Well, last year did south of 8.4 million in pure play SaaS revenue. You've made some accounting changes, which is great. Talk to me about funding, bootstrapped, or have you raised capital? No, we've raised capital. We've raised uh, 12 and a half to date. Okay. And when was the first round? And well, our seed round was in uh, 2013. 2013. Okay. Yeah. And sorry, you just said 12 and a half to date? 12 and a half to date. When was the last round? Last round was, was earlier this year. We did a small inside round in and January. Was that like kind of like a bridge round? Do you kind of just so you could push off your next kind of valuation chat, your next round? Yeah, we've been flirting with profitability to a large degree, you know, and then playing that game. So the board decided to just take some internal money when it was available. Yep. Are you profitable today? Um, As of this month, I can't tell you because we're halfway through the month. But, um, (laughs) you know, we're flirting with that line every month. Got it. What, what, What would make you deviate from that strategy? It's all about growth. And that's what we're that's what we have to deal with. We have more demand for the product today than we can satisfy. And it's just about how much we want to spend on acquiring new customers, how much we want to spend on satisfying the customers we've already acquired. Um, there's opportunity to grow our current customer base as well as the new. Um, and at the same time, you know, you want to be watching the market. We're just shy of the largest bull market in the history of the world. Um, we got a lot of, uh, a lot of things going on in the world that suggests that there may be correction soon. And you never know how those are going to impact both investors and customers and their buying behaviors. So we just got to be really careful how we're how we're spending our cash. Talk to me about CAC. What are you spending to acquire a new customer? Our customer acquisition costs. Well, it's it's kind of a, a a trick question. I mean, our our CAC payback right now is is sub eight months. Um, we're trying to get it down to three. That's our target. Um, but we have different channels we sell through. So some of those customers cost very very little, and some of those customers cost more. So there's not just a pure answer to your question. You're taking the weighted average of call it eight months though on a fifty thousand dollar ACV. So you're yeah, willing to spend still, like twenty. You're willing to spend twenty grand or so to acquire these guys on average. 
Um, we are correct. Yeah, yeah. And where so when when you're acquiring these customers again, some channels perform great, some don't perform great. Talk to me in general. Like, what's great? Like a conference strategy or something like that, or something else unique? We really don't go to conferences. When we do, it's just a couple of us just pounding the pavement. We don't do booths. Um, I don't remember the last booth that we had. Um, we have uh, outbound uh, uh, SDRs. We have a sales team. Um, we get a lot of leads from current customers. We have platform customers that have that are channels for us and partners uh, on platforms that are channels for us. So if you take a platform, you know, like a NetSuite or a Magento, you know, there's a whole ecosystem. Do they there. recommend you all the time? Uh, in some channels, that's the bulk of our deal flow comes through those channels. Correct. Yeah, yeah, interesting. But it, it's 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 those platform players. Correct. Yeah. Huge part of our kickback around, around platform. Early on, when we were when we struggled a little bit. It was all around the fact that we were trying to you know sell direct by vertical, not not necessarily taking into account the platform. As soon as we took the platform into account as part of our profile of who we sell to, we just exploded. Yep. Um, which of those partners drives you the most traffic? Would you say? Um, I don't know if I'm willing to disclose which specific partner. Um, it's in you know mid market ERPs is is where we get the bulk of our revenue. That's though. great. And you pay them a kickback or no? Uh, no, no. It's that just was, that, great their product. actual motivation is interesting because we started offering it and they kind of laughed at us and they laughed at us because the guys we compete against weren't delivering on their promises. They basically oversell and under deliver, which made these partners look really bad. Yeah. And so when we called them and we're like, hey, we'll pay you, they kind of chuckled and said, well, hey, what if you just do what you say you're going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we said, well, we'll do that. And they said, okay, prove it. And we do one customer and they'd see what we deliver. And then they just opened the floodgates and started. There's a a low barrier to enter to win their affection there. Just do what you say you're going to do, right? That was it. All right. Down to. Last economics questions before we wrap up with the famous five lifetime value. What do you assume lifetime value is in dollars and months? Well, with, with our negative churn, it all depends on, this is just a artificial calculation. That's right? why I ask. Yeah. But you're, I mean, you're looking at a quarter million probably. Yep. Um, you know, if you, if you model in a, a real churn of 3%, um, you're going to come in right between 200 and 250 K. Yep. And you're assuming um, what, three months, churn, of, three months, I mean, of three years of LTV. Yeah. And we don't yeah. have, I mean, we don't have any logo churn really to speak of. Um, it's negative revenue churn. So it's an artificial calculation. Yep. That, again, this is why I ask, uh, you could argue it's in, uh, infinite, but then that would be lying to yourself. So you have to come up with some economics to make it make sense, but also keep it realistic so you can use it as leading indicator. Yep. All right. Very good. Let's wrap up here, John, with the famous, uh, sorry, with Jeremy, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? My favorite business book. It's so hard because there's so many that I love. Um, I'd probably pick, uh, the power of habit by Charles Duhigg. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, the true answer is no, there's not a specific CEO. Well, good. Number three is uh, what's your favorite online tool for building a business? Truthfully, Gmail Gmail. and the the million plugins you can use to streamline your day. Yeah. Number four, how many communicate? You're good to go. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, that sleeps my number one priority aside from my wife and my kids. So eight to nine. Okay. And what's your situation? Well, actually you just said, so married, how many kids do you have? I have three little boys. Three. Wow. And how old are you? How old am I? Yeah. 39. 39. Last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Slow down. 
<laughs> Guys, there you have it. Slow down. Jeremy Shiphawk launched on the Disrupt stage back in 2013 as a different product. He's kind of pivoted since then, raised 12.5 million bucks, serving over 300 customers like uh, Grove Collective, again, helping them, or Grove Collaborative, helping them, again, ship products more efficiently and at cheaper costs. They've got net negative revenue churn of negative 15%. So expansion is well outpacing churned revenue. Economics makes sense. Spending up to 20 grand or eight months of lifetime value on uh, on CAC. Uh, most of the most of our acquisition costs are tied up in the inside sales team and if on a fully diluted basis. They also get a lot of word of mouth uh, kind of marketing through these mid-market ERP systems that recommend them because they do a great job. Growing about 100% year over year uh, or north of that, 2Xing um, each year. Right now doing, uh, sorry, in 2017 did south of 8.4 million bucks in ARR. Again, growing uh, over year over year to date in that 100% triple digit range. John, thank you so, sorry, Jeremy, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Yeah, thank you.